You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 23, An Unexpected Visitor, Gabriella, Day 17 of Epona, Springfall, 1884. All right, answer me this as honestly as you're able. Penny said. Have I made the dumbest decision in my entire life? So far, or in totality? Attar asked. How did the two of them phrase their feelings for you again? Gani pressed. The trio were sat in the armory after their workday. Gani was wolfing down a small sack of sesame snaps. Penny's head ached from crying. Harry said she just wanted me to be happy, and then she let me go. And Cal said all she ever wanted was for me to be happy with her. And where's Cal right now? Still at work at Aphrodite. She probably spent some of this morning telling Harry to frock off out of our lives. That's kind of the opposite of letting you go. I know. That's why I need your perspective. Ganny reached out and patted her shoulder with his mechanical right hand. We want to help. Just take your time and think about this carefully. Attar noted this affection and held his tongue as four spiteful barbs related to Penny's inability to make a firm decision rattled through his head. So, hypothetically, let's just say you end things with Cal. Penny looked at him, trembling. Could you consider just not being with anyone at all? You know, for a bit? This caught all three of them askew. Attar was secretly almost impressed with how he had transformed a shitty comment into something actually potentially helpful. That's a possibility I haven't allowed myself to think of until now. Can Harry go on and live her life without you? She has a lot on her plate at the moment. This business playing out with what's left of her family and the upheaval taking place in her country. And I don't want to interfere and make things worse for her. But do you believe she'll get through all this without you? I think so, yes. But I'd really love to be there. And could Cal live without you? She says she isn't sure. Cal's as tough as iron, and she knows absolutely everyone. If I can get on fine alone, then she damn well can. Hmm... Penny looked down at her green, buckled boots. I think there's a side of her you've never seen. Underneath that iron, she's soft and vulnerable and scared. I can see why she'd armor up then. And are you obligated to allay those fears for the rest of her life? Legally and poetically speaking, yes. It was part of our marriage vows. But should you? Penny had no answer for this. Maybe the question you need to be asking yourself then is how would you be on your own? Well, I'm thinking much more clearly now than when I was with Cal this morning. She makes it very hard to stay focused. If your brain works better when she's not in the room, then you should probably reconsider entirely trusting those decisions you make when she's around. 
Does your brain work well when Harry is in the room? Yes, so well. What about when both of them are there? Cal overrides Harry. And you? And me. So? So. Penny muttered as the revelation dawned. So I really have made the dumbest decision of my entire life. Well then. Atar sat back. What are you going to do about it? If I talk to Cal... Penny strategized. She'll argue me around to her way of thinking and then hold me and tell me everything is going to be alright. Then she'll start touching me and I'll just give myself over yet again. I need to... I need Harry. No, I want Harry. No, wait, I I don't need her, but I would very much like to be with her. I love her. I... (laughs) I I love her. Oh. She held her hands over her mouth, eyes wide. I told her I loved her and I meant it. And there it is. What do I do? Go and talk to her. While you're still thinking this clearly. All right. Penny hopped down off the workbench. I'm going. At this exact instant of determination, Donna Magical opened up the door to the armory and stepped into the room, followed by a dark-haired woman with a walking stick and similar Asiaric features to Calendula. We were just about to leave, Attar called, as Ganny hurriedly turned the sack upside down and guzzled the handful of candied sesame seeds left over. (laughs) Benny, I'm so glad we found you, Donna said, the passing relief in her eyes immediately overcome by intense and uncharacteristic anxiety. We're short on time, so may I just introduce you three? This is Agent Li Ying Long. She comes from the same world as Harry. Lee, this is Ganymede Ferran, Atar Rubens, and Penthesily Renwick. Ah, uh, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Penny curtsied a little. She was caught off guard and felt like a child. We would not have taken you for human. Your ears are very convincing. You know Harry Arlington. It wasn't a question, but all three of them nodded. I need to get a message to her. Lee said. But she is not at the apartment she's been registered at. The message is for Catherine Holloway, but it cannot come to her from me. We are on two sides of a battle. I'm sorry, what? Let me explain. No, there's too much. Let me sum up. White is coming. She let these three words sink in, and from studying their faces she was able to ascertain that they knew exactly who this was, and it was enough to cause them sudden panic. Here? No. But it concerns you particularly, all the same, Mistress Renwick. Me? Binary Dawn. Binary Dawn. You mean the project Cal's been working on? He is going to destroy it. Oh, so Asher. And the only way he can get there is through the doorway at Langley. So, Director Holloway must be prepared to defend her headquarters against him. What do you want us to do? Penny gasped, rushing forward. Lee handed her an envelope. This is for Miss Arlington. She may not trust me. Catherine certainly will not. I have been working for White for a long, long time. But it is imperative that this information get through. The future of an alliance between our worlds depends upon it. 
I'll drive. Attar had pushed past and was halfway out the door already. What are you two going to do? I will take Lee across to Binary Dawn, said Donna. And we're going to have to prepare the security forces there for a fight. He must not get through. Hurry! Let's go! Attar called from halfway down the corridor as Penny rushed out after him, Ganny in tow. parking lot, Attar sprang over to a self-propelled automotive. As vehicles went, this one was stocky and muscular, shining black with a purple stripe across the side and meaty, thick overland tires. Wipe your damn feet before you get into my boy. The moment they were belted in, he gunned the engine, which sounded like a miniature hurricane as the powerful crystal under the hood glowed purple through the speed holes. Why have we never gone for a ride in this before? I've given Ganny a ride hundreds of times, Attar said slyly. You were always content with your bike. The engine roared again and they barreled out into the street. Penny turned the letter over in her hands as they rode through the gathering dusk. Should she read it? Harry had endeavored to learn written Silwyn over the past season and she, in turn, had tried her hand at English. She thought back to the night they had sat across from one another, and Harry had removed her lip shell. She had said in her dialect, Doctor. Penny had removed her own lip shell, and for many hours they had only communicated with one another in their native tongues. It was a staring contest conducted with words and Penny had said several things she felt suddenly liberated to divulge without translation. In context, however, as they watched one another's expressions, it seemed the messages were being received nonetheless, which elicited a transgressive thrill in both of them. The thought of being able to see her again filled Penny with anxious happiness, but what was happening now could endanger everyone they knew, and that put the future into shadowy mist. When we get there, I don't know if the guard will let us into the portal without Harry. She was always able to come and go as she pleased, but yesterday, Truth had to obtain official documentation for me. We can explain that it's an emergency, Ganny replied. Maybe show them the message if we have to? You heard what Lee said. This has to get through. What's it like over there? Attar asked as he drove, his eyes narrowing. We've heard her describe it dozens of times but I don't think she ever really got across how white everything is over there. All the orange-amber of our world is just pale instead. It was hard to breathe and so fucking cold. Maybe it's different depending on the region. We've all been to cities that look nothing like Gabriella. Well, I don't know whether it was just the context of what we had to do yesterday or just feeling like I was in a place I shouldn't be, but it was creepy and intimidating. And yet, Harry took to our world with such enthusiasm. I would love it if she were allowed to stay. She is good company. I think she would love it too. Penny was afraid to allow the thought to crystallize. We're coming up on the checkpoint. Let's be ready.
parked up at Flax Market Square and hurried across to the eight Imperial Guard, standing watch over the Marquis tent. Each was clad in a light, durable, bronze-coloured armour with white tabards bearing the winged unicorn crest of the Empress. They held lightning pikes at the ready and could wield them with devastating skill. I have a message for Harry Arlington, Penny said, holding up the parchment envelope, still unopened. Mm-hmm. And do you have clearance as well? The lead guard asked her. Captain Tress had deep, stern brown eyes and an implacable demeanor. I do not have clearance. Who gave you the message? Uh... This was enough to sow the seeds of mistrust. All eight guards shifted towards Penny, who was beginning to flounder. Why had she not worked out a cover story better than... I received a visit from an untrusted double agent. You must let me through to potentially sabotage a nation. If you don't have clearance or documentation and you can't tell us the origins of your business out there... Said Tress. Then you're going to have to go and find some. Uh, if we don't get this message through, Ganny insisted, there's going to be an attack from the other side. You have to get reinforcements. We don't know how many will attempt to come through. And where's that intel coming from? Exactly. Please, do tell. Ganny was stumped for the same reasons as Penny. Attar stepped forward and held out his wallet. Hmm. What's this? Clearance from the highest level, he said coldly. Tress took it and inspected the identification. Ishtar Rubinox, she said. Ishtar Rubinox, as in High Admiral Hera Rubinox. That's right, Atar scowled. Your family? My mother. Is Ishtar your sister? No, she's me. If you will direct your attention to the accompanying card, you'll see proof of my transference of gender and updated identification. Tress turned the various cards over in her hand and shrugged at the cards. Hmm. Checks out, she said. The looks they were giving Atar now ranged from mystified to hostile. So, my friend can go through since I've cleared her said Attar stiffly. That's correct. The lines parted, revealing the entrance. Better call for those reinforcements. Attar warned the guard. We really don't know what's coming. Penny, you're the only one who needs to go through. Faron and I are going to alert the authorities. Penny turned to Attar, unable to know what to say. She put her arms around him. He remained rigid as a board. Thank you. She whispered and kissed him on the cheek before turning to journey past the line and into the tent towards the rushing wind door. Thank you.
You have been listening to episode 23 of Stone Spring Maidens, an unexpected visitor, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Atar Rubens, performed by Orion Richardson. Captain Tress, performed by Tanya Milojevic. Donna Madrigal, performed by Shanta Parasuraman. Ganymede Ferron, performed by Felix Quist. Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee. Agent Lee, performed by Sharon Shaw. Narration by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Dawn, composed and performed by Ross Bugden. Stone Spring Maiden's theme, Far Destiny, composed and performed by I. Sazanov of Shockwave Sound. Many soundscapes including Orbital Platform, New Orleans Noir, Neon Drive, The Orrery, Icebound Town, and Submerged by Tabletop Audio. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse, and the three newest, Panther Soul, Nightfall of the Wendigo, and Back in Time Plus Space. You should be listening to Through the Wind Door. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our top-tier sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, and Valencia Burns. 